In this episode of the Encourage Inspire podcast, I'm joined by active military duty member and serial entrepreneur, uh, Regina Burns, man. This was a great episode, man. Regina and I actually went to college together at a, at a school called Full Sail University. So that was just, well, we got a chance to really get to know each other there. But I brought her onto the podcast, man, because she is somebody that is passionate about helping people and talking about relationships and dating and helping people get matched together and what they need to learn about each other as they navigate the space. So um, I'm really glad she came on and talked about her journey in entrepreneurship in the military and as well how to help people navigate this crazy world of dating and relationships. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Encourage and Inspire podcast. This is episode number 79, and I've got another great episode for you with a good friend of mine, actually classmate, alumni, all that with me, Regina B., Regina Burr, she's with me. What's going on? What's going on? Hey, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. So we are, you know, we go way back several, several years. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Good time. Uh, for sure, for sure. We recently got a chance to catch up uh back at the Full Sail Hall of Fame because we're both uh grads and alumni of Full Sail University, one of my favorite places on the planet. Uh you know, so it's just always good to to catch up, man. That's like our Hall of Fame is like our homecoming. So like, you know, we get the chance to catch up with people and See what everybody's got going on and awesome, cool stuff, man. So I'm just so glad for you to be here, man. Like, you're doing such amazing things um, as a consultant. I know you have a military background and so many things, and you're dabbling into the dating, the date, the dating coaching world. And I must say, that is a very lucrative uh, space to be in right now because a lot of people need it. I would definitely say this. What I've learned is is definitely not for the faint-hearted. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So we'll definitely tap into that. We'll definitely tap into. So so um so where are you from? So so tell me like you know your background. You know, kind of the early the origin story of you uh and all that. Yeah. So I'm a Southern girl. That's why I have so much charm and pizzazz. You know, was born in North Carolina, Charlotte. Shout out. Okay, uh, grew okay. up in a little suburb called Gastonia. Uh, went to a lot of the public schools in that area. Shout okay. out to Arlington Elementary and Bessemer City Middle School um, before I moved to New Jersey. So I've kind of always been like a nomad, so to speak. And um, it has afforded me opportunities to learn very early on how to adapt um, quickly and pivot, which I think for entrepreneurs, that's a key term right there. We're going to come back to that uh, later. But yes, definitely my childhood was traumatic. Um, I definitely did not have your storybook childhood. But I say all of that to say to people that there's definitely hope, right? Just because you come from the hood or just because you come from poverty or just because you come from a certain background does not limit um, what you're able to achieve. And 
in a lifetime. I wouldn't say just your lifetime, but just anybody's lifetime. Um, if you are committed to growth, if you are committed to changing and, you know, wanting to see those results. And for me, my motivating factors was everybody around me. I looked around and I didn't see anybody that I wanted to really aspire to become like. So mm -hmm. for me, I learned a lot from watching people and more so I learned what not to do. Right. But I say all of that to say, like, you know, it does take reteaching, reprogramming, reparenting and therapy, a lot of therapy, because if you sit in trauma, right, you become a victim. If you sit in trauma, you, you get used to it. And so for me, my biggest thing was always having that push to say, yeah, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be like them. I don't want to end up like that. And then finding those two co common denominators as a child, even early on, um, I excelled in academics. I excelled at almost anything that I put myself in because I knew that for me, that was the only way to escape these things um, that I was looking at. Like just people who had, you know, alcoholism, drug and substance abuse, domestic violence, um, sexual abuse, sexual traumas, rape, molestation, so on and so forth. Right. Mm, and mm. so as much as we know that's abnormal and it's not normal and it's not a good thing, it is pretty common. Um, I would say that I'm not the first and I definitely won't be the last, unfortunately. So, you know, but my hope is to make sure that my story gets out there and people can learn something from it. I say this all the time. If just one person is able to take something from what I've gone through, and be able to let that inspire them to know that they have a better outcome if they stick with it, um, then I feel like I have done a successful job. I love that. You know, I mean, the journey in life, I mean, even with me, obviously being born with a disability, you know, um, the car just stacked against me. I mean, from birth, you know what I mean? Just stacked against me. You know, I've obviously overcome a lot of things because I'm not your average person with a disability. But I mean, thankfully, I always say my personality is what saved my life because I never had to deal with like bullying. I never dealt with any of that because I was always the person that everybody wanted to be around. You know, so that's not always the case for people with special needs. Um, so I was very fortunate and very fortunate to be a people person, man, because. So there's so people go through so much stuff and you never know what they what they're going through. You know, my mom's been in prison for the last um 13 plus years because she uh she unfortunately killed her mother, which is my grandmother back in 2010. And so I know what depression I won't say feels like, I'll say looks like. Cause I've never, I've never had to deal with it myself, but I watched my mom literally go from, literally had let depression take her from a very positive person to a very negative person in about a year. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I've seen that, you know, and I, and I, but I also think that comes from, unfortunately, my parents, my my grandparents being immigrants and being from, you know, Jamaica and a very poor part of the island and you know, being sponsored to come to America, but also not really understand how to adjust to the American way of life. Obviously, everything in the Caribbean household is do what I say. 
<laughs> not necessarily what I do, you know. And my grandmother, by the time she came to to the states, you know, she's well into her forties. So you I mean so you you're not really shaping anything at that point. It's like, and she also didn't have she didn't have a a education because back in those days, past fifth grade, they said like they call it fifth book. Past the fifth book, you're going to work. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, so you don't even get a chance to get educated. So my my grandmother could, she really couldn't, like she was not, she wasn't dumb, but she she didn't have a high reading level, anything like mm -hmm. that. So, I mean, she came to the States and was able to get sponsored to come to America and essentially was a maid for 20 years before mm -hmm. she retired, before she retired. You know, obviously, obviously, my mom has. My mom is the is the uh, technically is the middle child. Mm -hmm. um, so she, you know, so obviously she grew up in America, but couldn't do a whole lot of things because you know if it wasn't based around church and religion, and that's a whole other can of worms that I have very strong feel. I have very strong opinions on. You know, when it comes to religion and how that's affected a lot of people, how that's affecting young people today. Um, but yeah, uh, so it's, I, I've seen what that looks like, man. So I've seen um, my mom having to do something that she probably would never have done had she had some different experiences in life. And she had to pay an enormous price for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, but we forgive her. She's in a much better space now. Hopefully, you know, she gets uh, she'll be getting out in a few months, and that's a whole other journey we have to figure out now. Because she's been gone for 13 years. And we live in a whole different world. This is not 2010. I was a lifetime ago. I was I was 23. 20, I was starting to say I was 25. It just turned 25. I'll be 38 in November. That's a that's a long time ago. You know, when that happened. So actually, no, I was 24. I wasn't even 25 yet because my birthday's in November. But this happened in January. So I was, I wasn't even 25. Okay. Yeah, you know, so, um, yeah. It was, I would apologize, but I like to believe that the things that happen to us shape us. So sure. like, you know, monumentally. So apologizing for, sure. for what has added a, another layer to sure. you made you even more, you know, yeah. persistent and dedicated. Uh, I can't apologize for that. I'm just sorry that you did have to experience. Yeah, um, yeah, and there's no reason. Wait, there's, it's just part of your journey. There's no reason to apologize. Everybody, there's no reason to. It's just part. Of, we all have our unique journeys that shape us, and and our experiences shape us and allow us to look at life a certain way. Mm -hmm. And I'm just fortunate that um, I've been able to not allow those experiences that my mom wants to affect how I want to live my life. So that's how I've been able to deal with it. So, you know, um, it's just, it, but it's just been an interesting journey to say the least, you know? <laughs> I so, mean, everybody's got a story and you'd be very surprised that the people that always look like they got it together and just mm -hmm. like the, the ray of sunshine, the lights and stuff like that, they have some things in there that you'd be shocked to to learn about, you know, in their own personal battles. Um, and 
I'm always surprised to learn more about people that I thought I knew. Like, you know, you were like, oh, that's my friend. I know them. Yeah. And you don't mm. even know. Like, I had no clue that your mom was serving, you know, yeah. time for yeah. For sure. And when it, when I mean when it first happened, I mean it was very because you know I don't come from a family that's that has people in the streets and in and out of prison and you know because that's very unfortunately that's very common in the black community, but not for my family, you know. Yeah. So that was you know that was something we definitely had to get used to for sure, for sure. Um, yeah. So so tell me so tell me about you know. How you how you ended up at school? How you ended up at Full Sail? How you you know that whole journey? Talk to me about your your journey, and that, as far as that's concerned. And we'll dive into some other things after that. Absolutely. So as I said before, academics was uh, just my outlet. So you know where again I grew early into learning to love, mm-hmm. um, learning to improve myself um and perhaps maybe my mom had some things to do with that like right she would even on our days off like if we stayed home from school we had to read articles and write reports and stuff like that so it never really felt like an actual day off so even if you were sick she was like here read this newspaper you're gonna read three articles and write a report on what you learned you know so it was always like okay but what that taught me from an early age was how to learn not what to learn, right? So that critical thinking skills, being able to assess information and extract the data that was relevant and important and credible and be able to toss the rest away. But I definitely grew to love learning. Like I was obsessed with learning. As long as I could learn, I was in an environment where I could thrive. Um, I was probably a book nerd, you know, I'm still a proud book nerd because my collection is growing. And one day I hope to have like a whole extensive library because if anybody asked me, they already know, like, where would you prefer to be? I'd be like on an island with a whole bunch of books mm-hmm. <laughs> and great communication like technology. But outside of right. that, like me, my books, I always say I should probably be like a librarian or something. Right. Um, because I just love to read that much. Um But yeah, even as a young child, I remember completing reading the whole entire school library Mm. in sixth grade. So I always loved to learn. So I was just always just very hungry for more knowledge, more knowledge, more wisdom, more things that I could apply and better myself with. So I grew to learn to just love learning. And then from there, I remember I wanted to like revamp my life because, Mm. you know, you like you said in certain households it's you're gonna do what I say and so I wanted to join the military way back to like I think I was probably like 17 or whatever mm-hmm. right my, 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 I to, my, my I went to the army out of high school like she didn't she didn't go she didn't go to her high school graduation she's like she got to be 1981 high school I'm not gone I'm gone send me my diploma in the mail Well, I wish, but my dad was like, oh, hell no, you're going to college. You're so smart. Look at your GPA. Look at all these scholarships. What do you need to go to the military for? And, you know, for me, I I just wanted to do it. Like I had 
grew up in a household that was pretty much militant anyways like right yeah. so i was yeah. like the military can't be that much more of a stretch right because we right. used to get in trouble and we wouldn't get beat so to speak we would get military exercises i don't know how everybody else household ran but like my dad would have us have our arms stretched out and things just sitting there holding this thing on position uh back against the wall up a couple of inches come up off the wall like Military exercises, like stuff that like 14 and 15 year olds, like I remember my brother used to have to do like 300 push-ups, like, you know, like stuff like that. So you definitely got a lot of time to think, right? Like I ain't doing this no more. Like, no ma'am, I am not signing up for that. Like, and I feel like that was more effective than, you know, that type of corporal punishment and things like that. But still, my father would not allow me to go in. And because I was graduating early at 17, whatever back in that time like you so did i i graduated 17 as well yeah yeah so you know um it was like foreign you know a concept for people to go into the the military and my eyes were always set on air force so how i ended up army that's a whole nother story (laughs) my eyes were always set on air force um so again with that learning and that love of learning and everything after I graduated high school, I went into college, right, for health, careers, all that type of stuff, molecular biology with a uh, focus in health, right, uh, health professionals. Um, did that, had my son, and then still this innate burning desire for me to go to the military was just like embedded in me. It never stopped. So, you know, I went to Arizona to take care of my dad. I also learned a lot of stuff. For me, it was a rebirth. And mm-hmm. at that point, I remember having some conversations with my dad. I felt kind of stagnant and kind of just like, you know, like, oh, uh, what is this? Like, you know, I had a good job. I was doing like marketing for Facebook through a, a third party company and stuff like that. So I loved it. And when I went and started doing marketing for Facebook through the third party company, um, I fell in love with it. And I realized like this was my thing. I had went to a couple of courses for entrepreneurship, started a business, and then I went to full set. I had started actually as a hybrid. So I had did like four or five months online yeah. uh, while I was working, saving up my bonuses and all of this stuff to move all the way to Florida from Arizona. Mm, okay. So I made the long trek in August of 2015. It was a good ride. Okay, <laughs> I lost right. tires. <laughs> tires in Texas, baby. When I tell you, when I tell you <laughs> the roads in Texas, they need some revamping. They do. Because mm. I had two tire blowouts on the mm. way. It's and you know, it's a, it's a journey. Yeah, it's a, definitely a journey, but you have to want it really bad. Like, yes. you have to want it so much more than the circumstances because. Everything in me said, I can't stop now. Because, you know, most people would have took that as a sign that, oh, no, I need to go back to Arizona, you know? Yeah, yeah, most yeah. people would have took that as a sign, well, I need to just, I'm not going to make it. Like, right. this is crazy, you know? Right, right. And I, I I know you may not believe in the whole religion, but I... No, I believe in God. I believe in God. I just, religion, okay. religion, see, religion to me, believe in God and having religion two different things. I think, right. I think so I'm just saying, I'm going to get a bit... You know, spiritual right Oh, now. for sure. Go ahead. You good. Like, I knew I knew God was ordering my, my footsteps. I know he was ordering my car. 
<laughs> my little car made the track. When I tell you, my car made the track. And then the craziest part is at the end, right before I graduated, the car that got me there got totaled in a mm. car. On my birthday, nonetheless, on my last class. Mm. I kid you not. So I was like, God, I don't know what this is about, but okay, I'm going to trust you. So, you know, that was God saying that chapter is done. Like, you know, that if we hold on to things like it's not going, it's not going to end the way that we want it to. So we have to trust in um, the most high who is the source. Right. Because if he got all of this stuff, he made the world, all this other stuff in the universe, like mm-hmm. asking for a car. That ain't that ain't nothing. He can, he gonna show off, you know, <laughs> ain't nothing. Yeah. But still, so I made the trek to Full Sail in August of 2015. Mm-hmm. That's how I ended up there, because I said to myself, with the Facebook marketing thing, I was like, listen, I put in my resignation. I let them know, like, listen, I got to do this. If I don't do this, I'm not going to be any good to y'all. I feel like what I can learn here and go in there in person. Um, I was so hungry to learn more. I felt like I had mastered almost everything that I could learn at mm-hmm. Facebook marketing and advertising, right? Taking care of their accounts, teaching them, you know, best practices and doing alphabetic testing, things of that nature. Like, you know, I fell in love with that. But it's like after a while, if if you've done like a hundred, you've done it all, like, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. ads, you know, moving things, dropping to just changing pictures or using different images and all of that different stuff and seeing what the crowds and people on your pages respond to and just getting that engagement and interaction and stuff. And so for me, it was kind of like I plateaued. I was like, oh, I'm a seller employee. I'm doing all this great stuff and I'm doing it. I'm loving 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 it. And then I was just like, bro, okay, so I could continue to go online for the whole, you know, duration. But something in my heart and my spirit was calling me and said, girl, go to the actual school. No, that, 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 that's, that, yeah, that's good. I'm glad you did that. Yeah, I developed my plan. I called them and I remember calling them and I was like, I would love to go on campus. I would love, you know, to do all of these things. And I promise you, if you are determined, the the how will unfold right in front of you. So God was just, you know, blessing me left and right. I wrote down, I remember writing down in a notebook, I was like, I want to be public affairs officer of the Air Force. After I get my media communications degree, I probably go back for their master's in PR, all of this stuff. So I wrote all of this stuff down, but I knew that I was going into the Air Force after that first degree and probably was going to do the PR one online. Because once I felt like I had been on the campus for like two, three years, whatever, that I would have amassed enough information thing to really be successful and I and I, I kid you not like the full cell experience is like nothing else so when I joined the army um it was very similar as far as how fast paced they expect you to pick up the information in your like your classes and stuff like that it was real fast paced like I think we did 10 weeks right in every mm-hmm. class in full cells like four weeks so every mm-hmm. four weeks you're changing, you changing class, over yeah you change you know, over And then they want you to demonstrate mastery of this information by, you know, submitting a project that is applicable to your industry, your field. So it's like, it's not just writing papers like, well, technically, blah, 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 blah. And here's my sources and blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, they're saying, okay, you're going to create a web page. 
Yeah. Here you are. You create this web page. Go, you know, do this for a nonprofit organization. And it's real nonprofit organizations and stuff that they're yeah. partnering with to give you that experience so that you know how to, you know, one, create the page, two, pitch, you know, a one minute pitch, elevator pitch or whatever, right? To, mm -hmm. So that you get out of the, the habit of feeling like, you know, everybody's deathly afraid of like public speaking and stuff. So right, it's right. like, but nothing moves without selling something. So right. you better be able to sell your idea. You better be able to For sell sure. your project. You, you better, better be able to yeah, sell. You better be able to right. sell, right? Yeah. If you're trying to get hired on to like DreamWorks or something, you know, of course, so, of course. so on and so forth, you better be able to sell yourself, right? Because yeah, yeah. there's plenty of people that can do what you do. Yeah. But we know the personality and yeah. who you know, right? As well as your technical capabilities and all of those things play a part. So for me, uh, I had in my mind, I had a scholarship. So they gave me a $70,000 tuition scholarship. Full sale did? Yes. Seven, right? I've never heard of this. Talk, tell me about this. Like, <laughs> they gave you 70, you fill out like an essay or something? Or you were in a competition or something like yeah. that? I did. I really did. And thank God uh, I had never lost my writing capabilities and academic essay skills and things of that nature. And thank God I was a poet and a writer and I had done this like plenty of times before applying for grants and scholarships before. So I just I just knew I had this in the bag. But like I said, I wrote down on my uh, notebook. I was like public affairs officer for the Air Force. I was like, media communications with a specialty in public relations. So when I went there, I knew in my head, like, I was going to get into all the PR stuff. I want to mm -hmm. understand this. I want to understand that. Because I understood marketing and advertising. Mm -hmm. But I was like, the PR world is a little bit of having both of those things plus yeah. journalism. Yeah. Right? Yep. So, yep. Being able to tell yeah, the story, being able to be yeah. down. And I looked up, like, what schools had PR uh degrees and stuff like that and i'm like okay so i can't just go straight to the pr masters without having some type of background in communications and coming from biology that was like uh right, man, right. what are you doing here right? right like we don't have any <laughs> advanced science uh courses here like you're not going to be dissecting anything at full cell so yeah unless it's a unless it's a production kit and <laughs> you bring it out landing <laughs> <laughs> That's the only dissecting you're doing, unraveling some chords, like, you know, mm -hmm. different things like that. But I wrote all of this stuff down. I did my little internet search. And what did Google, lo and behold, pop up for me but Full Sail? I had some friends that went to Full Sail back from Jersey. Shout out to Jared. That boy is on fire. And my friend, Isam. Twinkle fingers, what's going on? <laughs> Shout out to them. Um, but they had nothing but good things to say about the school, and they went for different things. One went for film, and the other one went for music production, yeah. um, music recording, mm -hmm. right? So when they came back from the school, like they there was such a change in them, just something about it, right? Mm -hmm. But I put it in the back burner because I'm like, I'm not doing film, I'm not doing like you know music recording like even though I sang and I was in the music business um for a short time with my sisters and as a solo artist right mm -hmm. and um that wasn't on my that wasn't on my mind whatever but when the school popped up I like you know 
all of these things in our brain is like a soup, right? So those things started connecting. Those little brain synapses was firing. Like, wait a minute, full time has a media communication program? Like, what in the heck? And the crazy part was it was a new program. Mm. I want to say it maybe had three or four classes before us. So it was a relatively new mm. degree <laughs> offered at, at yeah. the school. Yeah. So again, I think that's kind of why when I called them and started doing the application process, like I filled out my FAFSA, like same day, like had yeah. my taxes and everything ready for them. And I was like, listen, bro, <laughs> I was like, the math ain't nothing. I was right. like, I would love to go to your school, but at this, this is like Harvard prices. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you see these commas? These commas is for real commas. Like, them ain't like play commas. Them is real commas. I was like, what? Yeah. How much? I said, ooh. Oh, Lord. Yeah. And so, you know, they were like, oh, well, your FAFSA and stuff like that would take care of most of it and stuff. And I was like, okay, well, that's cool. Well, I guess I'm going to be online forever. And I was like, I really am looking at this hybrid program because I really don't want to just up and move. And I remember talking to the nicest people. They were so nice. And then she told me about this thing on scholarship. So this is ended up how I ended up getting that $70,000 tuition scholarship. She was like, well, we have a few scholarships available. I was like, go ahead. Mm -hmm. All right. <laughs> Talk to me. Mm -hmm. I was like, come on, God, make a way because the math ain't mathing for me. So if you want me to go, Lord, I'm going to need you to go ahead and pull out the ark. I'm not seeing any other signs, Lord, that this is for me besides me just wanting it. So mm -hmm. talked to the nice lady on the phone. She was like, yeah, so I'm going to send you the information in your email. When I tell you I was on that thing, like immediately as I hung up the phone, I was like, oh, ain't got time to play. Oops. All right, they want an essay of what this means to me and blah blah blah. How I intend to use it. I was like, oh, I got you. Yeah. Wrote that thing up. Was like, all right, boom. What else they needed? Whatever else they need, I created my own checklist. They had their own little thing that they wanted, but I created my own checklist to make sure every T was crossed, every I was dotted. I was like, seventy grand. That's a lot of money. Like, you know, yeah. everybody got seventy grand. At least not in my household. <laughs> Just laying around like 70 grand. That was my salary. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. and there was no way I was just going to give you my whole salary. Like, no, wait a minute. So they were like, okay, well, even if you do get this uh, scholarship, you know, that you'll have to find a way to take care of all your other expenses. And there are no dorms. I was like, okay, no worries. Okay. Winter Park, Florida, looked up <laughs> apartments. Started looking at the applications and seeing what I could afford based off of what I was making. And I started saving up my money and all my commission and bonus checks and stuff. I was like, oh, yeah. All right. And so I remember I started my first class in May of 2015. Mm -hmm. And May, June, July, August. August was my fourth month. Uh, So I got there. I want to say August 25th or the 26th. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah I left August 21st and I remember hugging my dad 
and everything. He would not let me leave without checking my tires, my brakes, all of this other stuff. And he was just like, I don't know what I, what to say. I don't know what to do. I love you. Be good. Like, you know, if you need me, I'm here. I'm like, I know that. I know. I love you too. Okay, I'll call you. You know, all this other stuff. Mind you, I'm grown as hell already leaving. Mm -hmm. It's my second time going to college. So I'm like, what is, what is you doing? Like, <laughs> we both crying and stuff. Like, it's not even that all of this not necessary you know mm -hmm. but uh yeah so i remember getting in the car i had a friend shout out to this friend because he drove the entire way i think i drove maybe two miles on this whole entire thing mm -hmm. but my car was packed i had to pack everything in my car so he ain't had to do that i felt like i was playing tetris because i was like moving stuff and like yeah. doing all this other stuff trying to make stuff fit and lord you don't know how much stuff you got until you are trying to move yeah. <laughs> so literally, I remember packing my car with as much stuff as I could, took the little journey, had a blowout in right on the corner of New Mexico in Arizona. Mm. We was at a Walmart on a Sunday and I thought that they would be open and ready to do some things, but they was not. So we had to <laughs> literally get a room, stay there and wait. Uh, until Monday when everybody and their mama would be there to fix the tire. So I ended mm -hmm. up buying two tires, a spare one and a good one with a warranty at Walmart in uh, Las Cruces, New Mexico. I've heard, um, I've heard of that, that city. Right. And then <laughs> making my way downtown through Texas, another tire blowout. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Right. Mm -hmm. But when I tell you, like, you got to persevere, right? Yeah. You really got to work so much more than the circumstances in front of your face. And that's where faith comes in, right? Because faith is what? Believing without, without seeing it, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. faith without works is dead. So yep. what good yep. is it if you're not willing to do your part, right? God hardly ever gives it to you and just drops it in your lap. You yeah, know, yeah. He, piece by piece. He's like, oh, look at this tree. Oh, look at the axe. Oh, <laughs> look at the, look how I just shaded you so you could go on outside and not pass out from exhaustion. Like, you know, it's little things like that. And then it's like, oh, I did say I want a wooded bitch. He's like, well, I gave you the pieces. Come on now. Mm -hmm. Come on, somebody. Do, do what you need to do. Mm -hmm. You know, so same thing. Um, I think I was scared at first. Like after that second tire blowout, I was like, Lord Jesus. I said, like, I can't keep buying tires. I just put four brand new tires on this car. Cause my dad was like, he was like, you know, very adamant that I was not going anywhere without brand new tires and mm. an oil change and all these other things on my mm. car. Cause it's like, not a brand new car, but I'm gonna make sure you get there. So you don't have no problems when you were in Florida. Okay. Okay, me not knowing nothing about cars, so I'm like, oh Jesus, oh my God, like you know, I'm overwhelmed. Yeah. I'm shelling out. You know, you grown when you put purchase four brand new tires all at once. That's yeah. the level of being grown. Yeah, you can buy yeah. four all brand new tires at once. You ain't grown. You ain't yeah, grown. That's 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 probably damn near a thousand bucks, baby. All in one fell. Yeah. I didn't even had no like fancy car either. At that time, I had a little Hyundai, like. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And my baby was named Maria. <laughs> but it's all right, me and Maria, baby, Maria, Maria. <laughs> it's okay, Maria. For it real. Was good. 
so <laughs> you know, we said our goodbyes, and I remember that journey. But mm. once I got off the phone with the lady, she told me something like that was even available. I was like, "Look at God," you know. Yeah, so, for sure. You know, it's your hunger. You know, has to be intense. Thanks. You know, you gotta stay hungry because I think a lot of people be hungry, but they don't really be hungry. Right. You know, they be right. a little bit hungry. So when they get just a little taste, they satiate it, right? Mm-hmm. They belly full. They they ready to get it from the table. All right now. You mm-hmm. know, excuse me. Dab with their little face and going about their little business. Now they trying to streamline here, but life requires you to continue growing, right? Right. To continue learning all this other stuff. So I thank God that I went to full cell and that I was able to get that scholarship. And even there, they had multiple opportunities to get more scholarships, right? Yeah. Like the NXT WWE scholarship. Um, so it's out there. The thing yeah. is, like I said, God don't never just drop it in your lap. It's kind of like when you get one percent of the way, like the light comes on and you can see a little bit further. And then if you do what you can do, everything that you can do, God going to come in and be like, watch this, watch this, watch this. And it's like, by the time you look back, you're going to be like, dang, like, what the heck? Because a lot of that you're going to realize, like, I just had to be faithful and obedient. That was really all God was asking me to do. And he's going to do all the rest part, like the 70 grand, because I don't know if I... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm telling you to this day, if that lady never said that, me and Full Sail, we would I would have stayed online and made payments and probably took like one class. Like every well, yeah. Two well, yeah, because it's at that time it was well, two thousand dollars class. So you know, yeah, and I wasn't even getting like the in rate, like the resident in yeah. Florida rate, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I, I totally agree, man. Full sale. My journey was so how I ended up at full sale was I grew up in Orlando, so I've been here 30 years. So I always knew about full sale university. Okay. Uh I had been in the industry since like 2005. I didn't go to full sale until the top of 2013. So I had I had been kind of doing my thing in the music scene and, and working with artists and things like that. So I just had to go full sale because just a lot of things wasn't going the way I wanted to go. So I remember going to full sale, taking the uh, what they call the regular the daily tour, which they do every day. And then said, so why don't you go back and do the behind the scenes tour where they put out all the bells and whistles with them? We did the behind the scenes tour and like I want to enroll. So um I know I couldn't get a loan, but that's the I'm not co-signing for you. They co-sign for your sister, I'm not gonna do it for you. So fair enough. So um, I was able to take all my classes that transferred in from Valencia College, mm-hmm. the local college. When I was going there, it was a community college back in the early two, back in the uh, early two thousands. And then um, I did a semester at UCF. So essentially, I was able to get ten of my classes transferred in. So that's two. That was twenty grand off my tuition. Plus, full cell gave me a scholarship for like four grand, one of them easy full cell. And then, so I was 24000 off my tuition card. So that left like, so when I graduated, I had $34,000 in Stafford loans left. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, because I, I'm disabled, I was able to, with my loan service, I was able to file what they call a, a total permanent disability waiver. 
So the government basically said, they said, oh yeah, the rest of your loans, we're going to take care of that for you straight. So they wiped, so the, oh, but the key with that was <laughs> you had to kind of lay low for three years because they monitor your income for three years. Because And then if you go above a certain number, you can reinstate the loan. But after three years, mm-hmm. you, after three years, the you know, the, the loans are gone. So I have no student loan there. So I, got, I went to full self for free. Nice. That is nice. <laughs> essentially, essentially, essentially went for free. So, but it was it was a great journey. I, mean, I absolutely love full sale university. Anybody that talks shit about full sales because one, they've never been there. It's always an outside opinion. They have no idea. Mm-hmm. Like I tell people all the time, unless you've actually gone, because what they don't understand is full sales. The same price is going to any other state school. The difference is because it's truncated. And you go for it and you do it faster, right? It seems like it's more money, but it's really not. You to go to USC film school is seventy-five thousand dollars a year. Who no? Seventy-five a year? Times four. So just do the math. My program, my program in full was fifty-five thousand. So just do the math. It's always the you know, if you're gonna go to use and and or and also, too, well, how the way full sale works is once you pay your seat deposit, if they raise the rate the next day, your rate's locked in. You don't have to worry about right. paying another rate. And everything's included. So you don't have to pay tuition and pay. So if you break it down, UCF, University of Central Florida, which is the top one of the which is the top three schools in the country based on population, because who doesn't want to come to Orlando Falls for four years in the sunshine? You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. but the, but if UCF is like twenty eight thousand a year times four. That's that's twenty that that doesn't include living uh room and board and, and, and all that. So you're probably spending the good, you know, thirty you're probably spending the good thirty five, forty thousand a year times that by four. You're spending a hundred something thousand. So the recording arts degree that costs the same amount, the same price as a go to regular state school. The difference is, you know, it's truncated, so you have it seems like a lot more money, but it's really the same. It's just because how they have it set up. Because John Phelps and the arms of Wilson, they nobody had ever had that 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 education model before. Four mm-hmm. weeks and then you turn over. The reason why they made it that way was they understand you gotta realize wholesale is a school set up for creative people and creative people's brains work differently. They right. don't want to sit there. Yeah, that would have been a 12 week. Exactly. Plan. Exactly. Oh. They don't want to sit in a course, yeah. a class mm-hmm. for 12 weeks trying to learn something they don't like. Yeah. So it's like four weeks you get out and you go, cause they want you, they want you to get in and get in the field ASAP. Right. So that's so, and it's just a great place, man. You go there for networking, you, because the entertainment business is a small industry, man. It's not very big. And what you ha- what happens is when you get out there in the field, I tell this, when I've been towards students all the time, I tell them all the time, when you're a student, you're insulated. Also, you, you, you're protected as a student. When you get out there in the field, man, it's tough. You got to fight and claw and scratch for everything you get in this business. So, you know, you got to go out there and put in the work. Nobody cares that you got a degree from Fulso University in the field. Right. Nobody, cares. Nobody cares. Go out there and make it happen. And the journey is going to be hard. The journey is going to be tough. And it's not always going to be sweet. It's going to be a lot of rough days. Oof. A lot of rough days, you know, when you, even when you get done. I think a lot of times you see the Hall of Famers mm-hmm. and their success, but they have tough days too. 
even right. in, even in the midst of their success. So I just always try to tell people just to. And just even when we look at them, they weren't an overnight success, right? Exactly. Even before they could be nominated, it had to been ten years. Of yeah, that's, and that's why, and that's why, and that's why they do it like that because they know that the journey, the journey is not going to be. It's not a straight line to success. Right. So that's why they. That's, yeah, right. That's why they make you wait that long because yeah. they know the journey is going to be. It's treacherous sometimes and tough. You got to figure out, especially, if, especially you know, if you work in like computer animation, you're working on films, like you got to go from project to project. So you you get paid based off the project. Not so once that project is done, you out here hustling to get on the next project. So you don't know if you have a job after this after that project is over. You may not have a job. So it's 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 a it's a project based industry a lot of times, especially in the computer animation field. Stuff like that. So you're why why you're literally on your project and you about you gotta figure out okay, where's my next well, it's like being an actor. Actors like, okay, that that movie was good, but where my hey my is my agent work? I need some more auditions, man, because you know, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know where unless you're an A-lister, like a Jamie Foxx, like a well, where you know how many you know the film you're doing for the next five, six years. Most actors, mm-hmm. most actors and actresses don't they don't know where they're gonna be from, they don't know what projects they're gonna be on. Period is oversaturated, right? It's so many people waiting on that breakthrough, so many people waiting mm-hmm. on that one opportunity to get the doors open and just get their foot all the way in. Because yeah. you know, it's kind of like it's kind of like you know, a very small community, like you said, the opportunities are enormous, the opportunities are endless, but you got to be willing to do more than the regular person, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and people don't understand is paying your dues and paying it for it. Because at the end of the day, there's plenty of production assistance, yeah. right? Yeah. Why you be my production assistance, right? Right, right, right? Why would I want you over this other kid that came from NYU, right? Right, right, right. So even though these schools are churning out production assistants and assistant photographers and, you know, all this other stuff, like, great. You can be technically proficient, technically the greatest, right? But it's it's, so, it's so soft skills, man. Like, yeah, our industry is our industry is based off relationships. So you have to be able to maintain and build relationships. And mm-hmm. that, that's the lifeblood of entertainment business is relationships. You can be professionally sound, but if nobody likes being around you, yeah. Especially, if, especially in the studio, if you're an right. asshole and nobody wants to be around you, no matter how good you are, if you just start to enjoy to be around, they will pass. And find me somebody they they would rather have somebody who doesn't know as much, but it's just better to be around. You can teach them what you need them to know. Mm-hmm. And when it's entry level, a lot of times, right? Like you're not coming in and being LeBron James straight off the back, like you know. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's exactly. entry level, so again, a lot of it is going to be simple stuff that you can do. Stand over there, hold this mm-hmm. at this mm-hmm. degree angle, right? Mm-hmm. Try mm-hmm. not to move, right? Uh, <laughs> go over there, and bring back some coffee, <laughs> right? Little simple things, and it's like yeah. you know, a lot of people would be like, "Oh, that's beneath me," like you know. But, oh, but you gotta, and the reason why they make you get the get the food order right, because if you can't get the food order right, why would right. I trust you to do with stuff that matters with people's money 
and things in my neck on the line. If you can't figure out how to go get me a cheeseburger with no pickles and some french fries, right? right. With a Coke, with a Pepsi, and you can't get that right. Or for instance, let's say, you know, let's say you in a big studio, but you know that the, the owner's studio, like he like to smoke, but he like blunts. Like, so you like the you gotta have those cigarellos on deck. Like, cause he that's what he gonna remember. They're gonna remember, hey, yo, buddy, yo, buddy, you know, he, he always makes sure I'm straight, man. You know, he got the lighter on deck for me. Ooh. He got the joint on deck. Right there, too. I think this is a lacking part. Like, you know, people are entitled. They feel mm -hmm. they deserve. Right, they yes. It immediately, right? Mm -hmm. As if, like, they've already provided some type of value right. that differentiates them from the rest of everybody who, again, has their hand out. Like, yeah, you know? Mm -hmm. And so... Even the Hall of Famers, even me and you can, you know, attest to the fact that it's it's a long game, yeah. right? You can't come in there with that mindset that, oh, somebody owes me something because I showed up. Somebody owes me something because now I have a full cell degree. Yeah, nobody right? Yeah. <laughs> right. At the end of the day, you can pass with a C or you can pass with an A. Ain't yeah. nobody picking any and, more and, different right. than passing with an A. Unless right. you go, unless you're going to take the LSAT or you're going into med school, right? They care about that. Yeah, yeah. GPA don't matter, right? Your but GPA, yeah. what they would prefer is that you provide value, however yeah. that may be. Like yeah. uh, during the Hall of Fame, you know, Leslie shouts me out because he's like, "Yo, like whenever I need her, whatever I need her, like she's always." Yeah, willing to go above and beyond, yeah, like, to sit yeah. here with the equipment. I could have spent the rest of my day as alumni going to see and entertaining and doing other things. But in the moment of a clutch, will you provide value? Will you be reliable? Will you be dependable? Will they know that. That it, at yeah. the end of the day, like, damn, she really sat there with that equipment to my replacement person got there to pack it all up or whatever. And again, I didn't just stop there at sitting and waiting. You know, that's initiative. I took initiative. I got you, big bro. Go ahead. Cause your schedule right now, you're you're who they're coming to see. They're not yeah. coming to see me. Like you know, at the end of the day, if you're not willing to stand behind, but you got to get recognition, like right. you know, you're not gonna go far. Also, right. if you're not willing to give of yourself, like right. you know, in different ways, because you don't know what somebody else needs. Like you said, that, you don't know the background. You don't yeah. know if they just need a second before they blow up on everybody because everybody right. got demands of their time and their attention and their energy. Right. You know, so and stuff that, is stressful. Right. You know, in a volatile situation and, you know, you got long work hours. People don't understand that either. The entertainment industry is, okay, you know, the recording yeah. industry, we up at night, you know, we got to mm -hmm. get this stuff now. Why? Mm -hmm. It ain't a lot of stuff going on mm -hmm. and the business stuff ain't crazy. So you can deal with the business stuff when the people that deal with business is in their office. Nine yeah. to five most of the time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Creating the, the album all the time at the same time, trying to do business stuff. You know, they right, want you right. to be one single focus. Right. So it's the same thing. We need you to be on one page at a time. Like, all right, you here to provide a service. You are here to provide value. Right, right, and also right, be right. a likable person. Is that too much to ask? Exactly. <laughs> you know, real talk. They hit on again. It, it's the soft skills. You know, yeah. Leslie. Leslie always tell these kids, take a shower, have good hygiene. You know, basic stuff. Because these kids, let's right. like, some of these kids are real nerdy. You know, unless we just got to keep it one thousand. A lot of these kids, especially like the game art people, the game devs, all them. They're like, let's be real. They're, you know, they, they weren't exactly the cool kids in school. 
It just works. And, and that's fine because, yeah. you know, again, yeah. I want to say the, the world gets flipped on its head, right? And all the cool people usually start working for the people that was the big nerds. That, like, that's right. Hey, look, we're going to dive into that. Especially, you know, you're working in a daily space, but that's true, though. That's true. You're right. <laughs> the cool kids end up working for the kids that, kids that weren't as cool. But you can't teach uh, a, a strong work ethic, you know, you eat, it's either in you or it's not, right? Because that's the first sign of something you're going to fold, you know? Facts, facts. That's, facts. you know, persistent, you know, because you got to persist. Like Will Smith, one of the things he said was that you will not outwork him. And that's why he get the opportunities that he got because like Kobe, he was mm. going to be the last person in the gym. <laughs> like, bro, if you walked in there and he done been there all day, he don't care. He thought he was about to leave, but I'm not leaving now. Mm. You know, so that work ethic going to speak for itself. Like, oh, yeah. you available. Yeah. Right? Kobe. Like, yeah. you had a group of people and Leslie would say, like, if, it, if I had to hire a few of y'all right now, the people that I would hire would be this person and this person and this person. And, you know, the people's name who wasn't mentioned, they was like, well, why why not me? Why not me? And he was like, because I already got people on my team that do what you do. Yeah, I right? was tell, I You're was not providing you. any additional value. Why yeah. do I want to stack a whole bunch of people in the studio? Exactly. Right? You know, let's that go. Providing no value. I always tell kids that want to be want to be in the studio, find some shit to do that the people don't like doing. So if it means if it's editing vocals and they don't want to do that, all right, good. I'll I'll edit the vocals. I'll edit. I'll do that. I'll edit the vocals on the sessions for you, so that you you don't have to do that tomorrow morning or whatever. Like when you out when you go when you go home with the family and I'm home and I'm at the studio, right. you come back tomorrow, stuff is done. It's like that's what's gonna make you stand out. That's what people. Okay, I can count on you to go do that for me. And I don't have to think about it. So yeah, I mean, a lot of times because this is a people industry, because you know it's a small space, people will refer you. You get job based off referral. Hey, I can't do it, but let me uh, let me recommend my, my homie over here who's just as good. He can show up for you. Can I'm gonna be out of town or whatever? You know what I mean? So right. relationships and reputation is everything, man. Yeah. And I always say that you can't be in this game. Me as what I do with a consultant, like if everything I did, I, I attached to a transaction every single time, like, mm. you know, you wouldn't get, you wouldn't get very far in this bit. I say people all the time, like you cannot be in the entertainment space and think every time you do something, you're going to get a check. Right. It just doesn't work like that because uh, you have to do things based off the build of establishing relationship. So if the relationship is gonna get you farther, that more off check is gonna get you. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I definitely agree. So let's 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 pivot. Um talk to me about I know you uh, have some other businesses that you have going on, and one of them is is uh you're in the dating coaching industry. So how's that how's that been for you? Tell me tell me about what got you interested in, in okay so I've always been very inquisitive, right? And not only that, again, like I said, I love learning. So I learn a lot from my failures, mm-hmm. right? I feel like I didn't fail. I just learned, right? I got mm-hmm. some L's. The L's stand for lessons. I'm mm-hmm. learning 
with everything that I'm doing. Like, and the thing about learning as well is it's not really effective if you don't apply it, right? So you can't just sit on the knowledge. And so me, I was always making tweaks. Okay, I was in this relationship. This should didn't work. Okay, why? Right? Okay, let me write this stuff down. Okay, so everything is feedback, right? And everything we do communicate. Shout out to Pete, (laughs) one of my my teachers. Um, But right so like let's say me and you are friends right but you're trying to call me and i'm never available Mm -hmm. like i never make myself available how long would you want to continue to be my friend right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like and so a a lot of it was just learning things from other people's scenarios and stuff too like I, i looked at my sister's relationships I looked at my brother's relationships. I looked at my friend's relationships. And before you knew it, like, I don't know, I think once I had started the journey on myself, um, really just sitting back and working on my relationship with me, like, you know, it became so much easier and apparent to see in other people, like who has done the shadow work, like, you know, who has dug into their own psyche and started to, you know, figure out why we move the way we move and how do we, you know, reteach that or recircuit? Because, you know, sometimes it's some things that's disconnected that, that we don't, you know, we don't necessarily pay attention to until somebody brings it to light or, you know, unfortunately that that relationship ends, right? Because a lot of times we just think people going to be dealing with you and your shenanigans forever, right? Like, ah, I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. They never leaving. And, you know, whether... I left or they left or whoever left either way. Like, you know, you got to be able to take that as something wasn't working. Right. We did not have a winning formula here. Something was not right. So for me, um, the journey for self-discovery and self-improvement really catapulted into me being so hungry for knowledge again. And I feel like with everything that I've turned into a business, it's because of my own failures, right? And God has put it in me and planted the seed plenty of times. Like, because of that, now you know more. Now you can teach. Now you can coach, right? Like, I know what don't work, right? Right, right, I definitely know what ain't going to help you, right? So at that point, like, and I never saw myself being a teacher in, like, an institution or, like, a teacher in, like, the regular settings, mm-hmm. but coaches are teachers, right? Because yep. they're coaching yep. you from their own experiences. And I kind of got that from my dad too, because me and my dad would have like extensive talks. Mm-hmm. Like he was like my advisor. So I wanted people to be able to come to me that same way that my dad was always available for me to come and have talks. Like, why do you think that is? Like, you know, we would just have crazy conversations about any and everything, right? And mm-hmm. I wanted people to feel that same way. Uh, about me like okay fine if we need to you know hit a tangent over here for a second to make you feel more comfortable and then get into the meat and potatoes of it all then that's what we do right like Mm -hmm. you got to gauge the person that you're um, interviewing you got to know that the person feels safe with you to open up to that uh to that level because you're not going to see success you're not going to see any changes being implemented if you're not effective with communication and into human nature right psychology sociology and just our own mannerisms and i say i say this uh, a lot of failed relationships a lot of dating experiences and stuff like that again has been the catalyst to say yeah i know some ain't right because two plus two is not adding up to four here right so 
And then I was like, why should everybody else benefit from the experience of being with me? You know, <laughs> like, you know, so I started to like sit down and just write, write a lot of things. And then I started seeing a lot of patterns. Right. And I started seeing a lot of repetitions, just a lot of things just across the field. Like, you know, everything, when I look back and reflected and started getting deep into introspection and being able to say to myself, like, Ooh, I fucked that one all the way up. You know, <laughs> you know, I prayed for it, but I wasn't ready. God, um, you know, well, so. but that's, but you know what? That's real because let's, let, let, let's, 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 I'm, I'm going to get, I'm going to go deep now because I have, I, I study this very much. And I think, Relationships is something that so many people say they want, but are or not willing to do the work to get it. Because we've been out here talking about, oh, he gonna find me. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, find you? Who is you? Right. Like what? Like what? Like what? Like women have been told that they are the prize because it is Steve Harvey babble babble bullshit that he used to sell a book several years ago. I'm like, Steve, do you even believe half the shit you wrote in that book? Because a lot of it is bullshit. It, you know, Whether it's bullshit or not is to be you, you know, know you know because I mean the chickens are coming to, the chickens are coming to roost because the problem the biggest disconnect when it comes to dating is that women women think they understand men. And they don't. I think oh, there's a big disconnect because a lot of the women, the problem with the problem with women is that the men that they want don't want them. <laughs> I mean, that's just what it comes down to. So, like, you know, and what's happening is that the average, the good average man is being phased out. And that's the problem for it. I'm passionate about that because good men, they, everybody ain't gonna be rich. Mm -hmm. Everybody ain't gonna, but it's like a lot of these women want the same type of dude, right? And you, I'm sorry, you just don't qualify. It's like you just don't qualify. It has to be. I think also some things are outdated, right? Mm -hmm. They want to go off of things that probably were 1000% true back in 1965, right? Like mm -hmm. it's the same thing. The IRS was still using the same model mm -hmm. based off a hundred grand back in like 1970, which a mm -hmm. hundred grand back then was worth something, right? Mm -hmm. it, that was, that was some, that was some, that was some, that was some pressure. Mm -hmm. You could say, oh, I make a hundred grand and you know, the girls could swoon in 1970, but with mm -hmm. inflation, baby. Mm -hmm. Right. When things start changing, other things have to adapt and move along at the same mm -hmm. speed. Right. And rate mm -hmm. because something is being outgrown. And it's like, I will admit a lot of times when I'm coaching these ladies and stuff like that, um, <laughs> it, it's a little difficult and it, it is not for what most people think the reason is like the whole she's the prize thing. Like, I believe two things can be true at the same time, right? It's called duality, right? True, we have true, sun true. and we have night, true, right? True, true. We, have moon, right. we have sun, right? So mm. both of those things, they both shine in their own way, right? Yeah, without yeah. the other one, you can't really get a full day. Mm -hmm. So you need them both, right? And so 
you have to remember that a relationship should be complementary. Yes. Right. Yes. You need this piece and I need that piece. And so here we are. We're going to conjoin now. Right. And mm -hmm. if your piece don't fit my piece, why are we sitting here struggling <laughs> trying to make your piece fit my piece? Right. Right. And I think a lot of women continuously what they do is they continue to try to force something to fit that ain't fitting. Yes. Right. It's mm -hmm. like you can't put on a size seven shoe if you a size nine. Yeah. Like yeah. it just that ain't your that ain't your shoe. <laughs> I don't care how cute it is. I don't care how hot it was, how much it go with your outfit. Like yeah. you know. Yeah. And like you said, me. By far, Ooh, I don't know what kind of borderline predatory, but y'all know women because y'all study women, but women don't study men. Man, right. So Not only that, I, I, but the observations I, that the women take be through rose colored glasses. Acid. So it's like, like and these some things fundamental. So men are naturally or men, we are physical. We see with our eyes. So initially. Right, initially, okay. right. So it means if if I see your photo on a dating app, you're physically you look good. So that's initially going to be like, okay, that's initially going to attract me because I don't know anything else about you. So that only thing I know about you to attract me to you is the way you look. Right. It's got to start there. Now, me personally, I ask questions because me having a disability, I have to approach dating completely different. So let's mm -hmm. talk about how I have to approach it. So for okay. me, I'm at a disadvantage. I already know that. Like, it's just what it is. Like, I'm at, I've got a special need. Okay, how you slice that pie? A woman is not going to choose me first. Doesn't mean she's not going to choose me. She's just not going to choose me first. This is just reality. I'm, I've come to, I'm okay with this, right? So for me, the best way for me to approach relationships is, is I bring emotional stability to a woman. I I bring the little things. I bring the things, the intangibles that you can't see, right? Because mm -hmm. that's the way. That's what's my personality. Those things is what's going to make me attractive. This is why a lot of times I feel like I gotta pursue older women because a, a woman that's 25, 26, 28, 29, you know, they just haven't had enough life experience to be like, I choose him because he has a special need, and I'm gonna I'm gonna sign up for that every day for the rest of my life. Most women at that young of an age isn't going to want to do that. It's just the truth of it. It's not because I'm a bad person. Right, but that's what I'm saying. You're not disillusioned, right? Yeah, yeah. you got to be real. Like, we, we got to, I mean, we got to be real. You got to be real. Like, the truth of the matter is, it's like, you know, they think about a lot of things, but they're not thinking about, yeah, they probably think, oh, man, I feel sorry. He's got to walk with crutches. He's got to do this, like. Well, one of my very close friends, like she, like a sister to me, and she, we're always together. She used to tell me she, she would get looks from women, like yo, kind of like yo, what are you doing? And I'm like, why, why, mm -hmm. why? Well, almost like, like, why are you are you wasting his time? Are you taking advantage of him? Like, 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 basically, like, you, so she's mm -hmm. pretty, like, from like you, like, that's very attractive. Like, okay, what are you, mm -hmm. what are you doing with Darrell? Like, what are you doing with him? They almost would give her the looks, like, man, like, why are you with him? Like, is he, your, is he, is he your sugar? Is he your sugar daddy? Is he paying? Is he paying for your? And until she brought that to my until she brought that to my attention, I didn't see it like that because all I see is that she's opening the door for me to walk into the bathroom, and it's nothing. It's no big deal. Or we're at the grocery store. It's no big deal. 
But she said women would, we would walk up to restaurants and she would tell me this and she would get looks. They were like, they would kind of give her like, what are you doing? Like, mm. I, and I never understood that because for me, it's just, this is just my friend who cares about me. And, and we just hanging out, we just doing what we do. But she just, but she brought it to my attention. I was like, wow. So I know that it's, it's not something a woman um, is going to naturally want to deal with if they have a conscious choice. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And my thing is, everybody should go into it with that crystal clear understanding. Like, mm-hmm. all right, listen, men that are six foot or taller, right? Mm-hmm. They don't have the same dating, you know, uh, values yeah. and issues yeah. that a fat dude would have, right? Well, yeah. So, men, like, is comparing apples to oranges. Like, when my clients and stuff are confiding in me, like, you know, I want a whole biophysical profile. Like, I say, send me pictures, right? Mm-hmm. Before I really take this on, because I need to see what you look like, and then I need to have conversations to assess like where your mental is, right? And kind of like how April, I believe her last name is Mason. April Mason was like, you know, she had to stop doing the matchmaking services for women because like some of their things were just so unrealistic. Like, honey, how many men in this world? Let's do the math alone, right? If there's more women than men, right? And then there's men from age zero to 89, 90 plus, right? So your viability of options gonna stem from, let's say, depending on where you are and your age, most people want older men, right? So maybe 40 to about and look, look, I'm gonna give you a real-time example as we're recording this podcast right now. Mm-hmm. I'm in the singers group on Facebook. I put a picture up there. I was at a hookah lounge a couple of days ago. I took a photo. I posted it. And I said, there, I said, how do I look, ladies? And women are like, and some of them were very negative and mean. What happens is they don't didn't they don't realize that I'm disabled. We literally had to one of the one of the group one of the girl one of the admins of the group literally had to tell people, y'all really this man is disabled. If I wasn't a confident man and a happy person, that would be very discouraging. Very because it's hard. Just having disability in general, when you're a man with a disability. It's different being a woman with a disability. When you're a man with a disability, mm-hmm. and you and you know you can't protect a woman, and you know you can't in the in the traditional sense, that is mm-hmm. very mentally. That is very. If I wasn't the person I am, that would be very bad. Like this woman literally said, and she probably has no idea. She probably has not done her research in the group. Probably did not see my initial post about me being disabled. She's looking at my shoes and she has one of those emojis. Like, and it's like, and it's 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 sad because people just like don't they don't do their before they come, they don't actually do their research. Like, and it's that that's the reality of what I deal people like me deal with. Mm-hmm. We have to deal with society ain't fair. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that was just a real-time example as we're recording this. Like, I just wanted to share that because. It's a real thing. And I'm not gonna fault old girl because she probably has, doesn't know that I'm disabled. She probably right. doesn't know that my shoes are a certain way because I have to drag my feet. That's mm-hmm. natural. I have cerebral palsy. That's natural for people with CP. She probably doesn't know that. Right. 
So she's looking at my shoes, not understanding that that's that's out of my control. I can't do anything about that. And that's what I'm saying. That's the ignorance. That's the what people don't know. So a lot of times being with me is just education. She would she would feel she probably would feel really stupid after she actually had a conversation with me to realize, oh, okay. And I explained to her why my shoes are that way. I explained to her why certain things are that way. Because they just don't know. They've never experienced it. So I then have to educate her. Because I guarantee you, if I inboxed her and I explained to her what was going on, I would make that girl feel really dumb. Because she did, she, I'm serious. Like, and these are grown women. That's what I'm talking about. That's why these women are single. Because they don't do the work that they need to do. Like, why would you make that comment? Why would you say what you, do your research, okay? Look at my profile. Okay, you see my thing. You know, look at do your research before you make a comment. It's right. it's, so, it's social media. Click on my profile. Do a little bit of research on me. Maybe you maybe you see oh he's disabled oh he walks with crutches oh that's normal for him. Yeah, my right. shoes are gonna be dirty because my foot walks and I have this is this is out of my control. I walk on the sides of my feet. Mm. There's nothing I can do about that. You've been around me, so you've seen it. Right. But you also know my personality. Right. So, and I, guarantee, and I guarantee you, those women who say those things, they would feel really stupid. I'm looking at her, and she's an attractive woman. But because she probably didn't do her research and didn't realize, like, I want to, like, I want I want to get box her and make her feel really, but I'm not going to do that. And make her feel really stupid about her comment. Like, before you make a comment, do your, re do your research, because... You out here putting like you out here putting people down, not understanding. I'm disabled. This is this yeah. is this is not something I choose. It's something that life has given me. That I have to deal with every single day. Stuff that you don't even have to, as an able-bodied woman, don't have to think about. Things that I have to think about. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And and then for me, like you know. When it comes to people that would come to me and let's say it's you, you would be my client or whatever. Mm. My biggest thing is like, you know, again, why are we wasting time on people that, you know, would not choose you? Right. right my right. thing is increase your chances for the population that would actually choose, choose you Correct. and choose them. Like, stop looking for LeBron James. He's married. Facts, like, facts, you know, facts. Right? Stop looking for these people that at the end of the day ain't you have no shot. You have no you. shot. You have no shot with. Right. Okay? And, then, have, yeah. and then let's be realistic in what we're actually asking for. Because a lot of things be on that list. And it's right. like, all right, and, I need you to whittle it down. And most of the right. top 100 things you want to the top 10. Because at the end of the day, it's kind of like when you're going shopping for a car. There may not be a car that exists that has every single feature that you're looking for and got the right color and, you know, in the right price range, right? Yeah, yeah, so it's yeah. like you got champagne dreams on beer money, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to need you to <laughs> come like, on back. To, and you got to think, right? So for man makes half a million dollars. Like that means right. he is in the he is in the top one percent in America, right? right. Only ten percent of American men make a hundred thousand dollars or more anyway. 
right? So right. that's so that's any race. You can only say so much to people, right? And so my thing right. is, I always ask them, are you looking for solution, right? Or do you just want to vent, right? Yeah. Again, why come to me for dating and relationship coaching, you know, if you're not going to be coachable? Right. Right? So do right. you want a solution, right? Do you want to fix how you're received, you know? Because yeah. it, it's two different things, right? Like, yeah. we know in the business world, for selling and stuff, I could say, I'm selling this for $1,500, but if it's nobody that wants to buy it for $1,500, well, then... You, you gotta change that price. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, everybody yeah. is overlooking it because they don't yeah. feel it's worth yeah. $1,500. Yeah. So, it, 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 you it, gotta it, go out and get it appraised. Okay, what do you think this is worth? Like, what do you think this... But that's that appraisal with self. Yeah. That's that introspection, that reflection, and doing that work that you have to do. And unfortunately, I say people, I'm not just going to limit this to one gender because, you know, people get all up in a tizzy when you choose a gender or an age bracket or whatever. It's people, period. Right. It's we're sitting here having debates on two hundred dollar dates, you know, yeah. stuff that at the end of the day ain't going to make that much difference. Because, again, who's going to spend two hundred dollars if they don't make that type of money? Right. So my thing is. If you are expecting $200 dates because that's your standard, that's your requirement, then why look at all of these people that don't meet that standard, that requirement? Why would we even, you know, pick out one of those applications from the pile? Like, toss it. Because that's how the HR and the jobs do. They're looking at the keywords. They're looking at the resume. They're looking at the experiences. They're looking at the contact information. They're looking at all of these things and they're scouring it and they're looking for those key points that say, oh, yeah, this person is definitely probably. Yeah, I just had a little technical difficulties. We're back. But um, what were you saying? Yeah. So to summarize it, it's just basically like, you know, when it comes to dating, when it comes to anything, right? Why would you apply for something that you know you, you just don't qualify know? for? Exactly. Right. Like I like, so these women, like like these women have to understand, right? So if um, let's say they're let's say a woman is a bigger woman, a plus hybrid, which I actually like, I don't have a problem with. But if you're a bigger woman, how often do you see elite men with bigger women? You don't. Right. You just don't. So yes, just because he will go and have sex with you behind closed doors to have a good time with you does not mean he wants to build a relationship with you. Does not mean he wants to be with you. Okay. And that's what a lot of these women have to understand. Like you are going for men you just don't qualify for. If you are a woman that let's say you make $150,000 a year, but you're older, right? You're mm -hmm. older, you have kids. That did that actually makes what they call your SMV, your sexual marketplace value, is lowered. Like, like what women don't understand is men have the advantage over time. Women actually lose the advantage. Men actually get the advantage over time because that's just our earning potential grows as we get older. As we, you know, most most businessmen, we're not kind of athletes or entertainers. Most most men ain't making their peak earning potential at thirty. Right, they're just not. Is they don't make that type of money till they're in their late forties and sometimes fifties. So really, so men at the end of the day actually have the advantage because they can go at 50, 52, if they don't have any children and go get a twenty-eight year old. 
And it's right. Uh, and it's, 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 it's different strokes for different folks, right? We could we could go back and forth over that <laughs> every day because everybody has different philosophies. So my easiest, simplest equation is if you're in the game, find somebody that want to play the game the way that you want to play the game, and y'all yeah. run it up. Yep. Point play simple. That's, that's, that's it. Find somebody that got the same common core values and beliefs as you that want the same things out of life and y'all go have a ball like go do this thing because at the end of the day like you know big booties and him being six foot feet like you know (laughs) and looking like omarion or whatever at the end of the day that's not that's not going to keep you in your relationship. Looks yes. not going to keep you in your relationship, right? You could be the prettiest girl in the world with the worst attitude. Like, right? You could be the best looking dude in the world, but broke. Nobody's yes. going to stay with you and you don't show no initiative to, you know, implement and change, right? Because most women want what? A provider, a protector, and all this other stuff, right? And so there's a lot of men out here that don't have those qualities. Right, but they still in the dating scene, so you got to be careful with that because, yeah, you're gonna have people that know they don't qualify, but they still jumping into the dating pool, right? So, the thing is for you, you got to set your own boundaries like, what am I willing to, you know, give time to and effort mm. and energy to, right? Because mm. your energy is your currency, so yep. once you set this for yourself, I'm not doing this, right. I don't want to do this. That's it. That's all going about your day. So if somebody approaches you and they already don't look how you want them to look or sound like you want them to sound like, what is the point? You shouldn't be advancing. Like usually typically for both men and women, sympathy dates are going to be probably (laughs) not going to really work out. Like, yeah, Yeah. my girlfriend said he's a really nice guy. Right. Yep. How yep. often do you hear women say, oh, he's such a good dude, but. Right. You don't. Right? Right, right, insert, right. Exactly. Insert, insert. So the thing is, find the person. Yeah. Or, and, the, you know, and, the, and this is why. That like, wants what you want and like what you yeah. like and trying to do what you trying to do and get on yeah. about the game. Yeah. Or at least play the game together the way that y'all like to play the game. Right. And that's not always easy because, like you said, you got a lot of people that's out here pretending. You got a lot of people that ain't realistic. Yeah, they're just not. Right? You know, they delusional in their mind. Like, oh, yeah. I'm waiting for you know money, money Mayweather. And you just, it just not like women who say. First of all, you know, women who say a man, a man is not going to find for like a lot of women out here have a princess mentality. They don't have to do. They don't think they can need to do any work, right? But let that be a man, right? You don't want him to do all this, but you don't have to do nothing. That's 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 a delusion. That's a delusion. And even then, it's just like people interpret things the wrong way because the whole what do you bring to the table question is just asked incorrectly. Yeah. Right? If we just scratch that question and translate it to what he's really trying to get to, right, is what do you have that I can't get myself. Right, exactly. That's pretty much what the question translates to. But the thing is, the way that it's asked, and a lot of times who it's asked by is a lot of people that's asking that question that they first need to get their own table. 
And, and let's t- let's take the dating app. So I'm on I'm on I'm on Facebook page. That's the one I'm usually mm-hmm. get going to. And I read these profiles, and these women out here, now, they might say that the matter, but these women, how many women out here need a lot of help? Just because how they write their bios, they need coaching on that. Because it's like any man with any substance is going to be say, okay, I'll fuck you, but I'm not going to. I'm I'm not, I don't I'm not gonna think at all about. Let's see the <laughs> real quality dude is not even gonna venture to lay down with a woman. Exactly, that's facts. You know, yeah, they say that dick, they, rather not, as they say control. that dick discipline, as they say. Right, you gotta have discipline. She has to have discipline, right? Because again, just because you're physically attracted to somebody does not mean you need to you know, exchange energy with them in that mm-hmm. way. And I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of people just exchanging their energies and then they wondering why, like, you know, they feel in some type of way. Well, if he's exchanging energy with you and another female and another female and another female, right? Because he's dating all four of y'all at the same time, you know, what have you. And his ultimate goal is to sleep with all of y'all. Like he ain't trying <laughs> to commit or be with any of y'all anyways, but he knows he can because y'all let him, right? Yeah. Then it's like you're now and, in and, he, and, he, and he knows based off thing right. because your body chemistry is rewired every time you're having sex unprotected with people. You're exchanging energy. You're exchanging bodily fluids. You understand? Yeah. So yeah. the way that the biology of humans, especially women, we're yeah. supposed to receive that and transmute it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. what are you transmuting? If that man wants nothing but to sleep with you, then what are you doing? You're only amplifying. That's all yeah. you're going to do. You're going to multiply that and you're going to get confusion and you're going to get, you know, disillusion and you're going to get, uh, you know, you're going to get depressed, you know, ultimately. And then you keep giving your greatest asset, your body and your womb to people and you don't value it correctly. Uh then yeah, you're gonna end up with a lot of issues later on that you're gonna have to again reevaluate and assess and deal with because you can't run from these things. And ultimately, if what you want is a healthy relationship, it's a lot of work that has to be done on you yourself before you can even enter into someone like-minded, you know, and try to make that work. Because relationships in and of themselves are work. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. And um, they really are. They really, really are. You know, so you have to be, you have to be wise. You have to be realistic. You know, I would say women should never go on a date with a man who's not physically attracted to. If you're not physically attracted to that man, don't waste his time. That's what, in in today's world. Like when I meet somebody off of an app, right? I'm trying to. I'm of course I'm going to ask questions. I want to get to know you a little bit on the app, but I'm trying to say, hey. Can we exchange numbers? Can we have a conversation? Can we talk? Can we video chat? Right. So we can, you know, because that way I'm getting to know you. So by the time, if and when we do go on a date, we've had a few conversations before then. So there, so so you know enough about a person to make it pretty. You're really just going on the, the date physically to make sure the chemistry still the same. Because, I mean, you probably, you've had at least a few conversations. Right. Within a couple of days, you've had enough conversation to get. You know, what what are you going to find out on the first physical date that you had to find out on the first the first conversation, the first the first couple conversations? You know what I'm saying? So right. I mean, <laughs> that should be the pre-screening process anyway. Exactly. Right? Like, why do I want to get dressed up 
and go anywhere and sit with anybody for an hour, two hours, yeah. and just stare at them. Exactly. So you're right. right. So you, by the time you actually get up and set a time to meet, and this is why you also ask the hard questions. Okay, ask the questions in the preschool mode. How do you feel about certain things? How do you feel about sex? Talk about sex early on. Don't sit there with. Oh, the difficult conversations need to be right up front. Yeah, like I don't. They need to be right up front because, okay, like you said, you can look at somebody and be like, yeah, they're cute based off of their profile, or you could just meet them out in a shopping market, a farmer's market, or whatever the case may be, right? And then you really have no information except for, oh, I like her. She looked cute. Like, let me go exchange numbers with her. You know, you call, you gotta go into the collect data mode. You have to. There's no way around it. Nobody who's had a successful marriage and relationship has avoided the difficult conversations. It's just, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, you gotta have, you know, you gotta have, you gotta have them early on, you know, and ask the questions that are tough. Like, you know, I remember years back, I went on a date with a girl. I met a girl on the app. It was probably like 2018. An app called Coffee Meets Vegas. You might have okay. heard of it. So, uh, so we met on the app, and initially she did not give me her phone number. She gave me her Instagram. Okay. So we didn't really talk much after that. And then some time went by, and then she, I guess, was following me on Instagram and started liking stuff that I was doing, and and was intrigued by me a little bit. I feel like, I feel like a most a lot of women do. They are intrigued by me. So mm-hmm. by me that they like, they just. They did because they don't ever they don't ever see themselves really being with somebody with a disability. I think that's what gets them, right? So uh, we ended up going out to eat because she's a vegan. And then we went to a sushi restaurant, right? So we go to sushi. So we get there and she's nice enough to pick me up. I asked if she could pick me up. She's nice enough to do that. But we get there and quickly the chemistry is just, you know, not really there. She basically said, hey, I'm, I'm saving myself for marriage. I think to myself, I'm not. <laughs> and I told her, and I told her straight up, I'm not. And she's like, I can't believe you brought up sex on the first date. I was like, we grown. She said you're 30. She said she was a 39-year-old virgin. I said, good luck. Good <laughs> luck to you. <laughs> so anyway, the, at the end of the night, so the check comes, right? And I know in back like, I do not want to pay this bill. I've already got this in my mind. I'm not paying. So she kind of looks at me. She's like, "Yeah, we can go. We can, we can go Dutch." I said, "Thank, thank God." Because I already know I'm not about to see this girl. So, so we end up paying for our checks, right? Our, our bills. So she drops me off at home, and she sent me this long ass message on Instagram. Remember, she didn't have my number. So I'm offended you didn't pay for my. So offended you I didn't pay for you. That's a courtesy. A man does not have to pay. A man does not have to pay your check. That is not a guarantee. Somebody, that is not, that is not. Now, if I don't want to see you again, yeah, I will, I'll, I'll, I will pay for it. I don't like going to see you again. Deuces. And see, I don't get into the weeds of all of that. Because see, you know, if you're looking for right, right, when you come to relationships, sometimes you got to put right to the side. Like what's right can't be more important than am I happy? You know, this is other things that we have to be able to juxtapose and live with that duality. Like sometimes for the sake of the relationship, men do it all the time. Right. I apologize. I apologize. I'm sorry. Right. They apologize because at the end of the day, 
Do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Exactly. Right? Exactly. Do I want to be right or do I want to be sleeping in the bed with my woman? Like, you know, women have to do the same exact things to, you know, they have to do that inventory. Like, do I want to be right or do I want to be blissful? Right? Because exactly. nine times out of ten, you could be right. But then what did it get you? Now exactly. he's resenting you. Exactly. He's resenting because you. Nobody's having communication. Um, Everybody got their own little attitude. And I think, now what? And I think a, what women don't realize a man will a man will go down in looks and beauty for a woman that brings peace. So just so, so a, a man will do that. So especially a man with resources. So he know, hey, he know, oh girl, might not you might look better than him than the shit he did, but but he chose her because she she knows how to uplift him. She and listen she, again, she it's everybody's cup of tea, right? You gotta understand, you're not gonna be everybody's cup of tea. Yeah, just point blank, period. And that's you gotta get within yourself that it's okay. Just like you said, you already know what your audience is. It's usually gonna be older women, right? Who then already did whatever they needed to do, and they yeah. can be more uh, dedicated yeah. to yeah. And they and they so see you already they, know yeah. Yeah. what it is you're they, looking for, right? They see, they see, you know. I mean, you know, they see, they see me more as a companion. I mean, you're you're probably younger than me, so you're probably what are you early thirties, mid thirties? About thirty six. There we okay. go. Are we same? Okay, we about the same age. Okay, so we the same age. So. You're a couple years younger than me. But still, okay. we're the same age. So let's just, for the sake of argument, right? We so, only 35. Got exactly. <laughs> so, a woman at your age, mm-hmm. you know, hey, keep it 1,000 with me. So, like, you feel like women at 35 is going to see value in me versus women at 45. Again, each woman is different, right? Because you don't know their backstory as well, right? There could be someone who had a childhood sweetheart, right? But something happened to him and he got disabled and she was with him, right? So my thing is, I like to believe in God is capable of doing anything and everything, right? And if I stay where I need to be, the one that God is sending for me, that is God approved, stamped, is going to find his way. But I like to believe for you, right? You can't get that woman that you're supposed to have if you keep the Toyota in the garage where yeah. it's where she's supposed to come, right? Because yeah. she's probably looking at you and like, oh well, he got all this other stuff going on, and I don't, I can't, yeah. like, you know, that's yeah. too much. Same thing with the men. <laughs> Women want this man, but they entertaining these dudes. Yeah. And so he can feel the vibe, the energy, and he's like, I can't really come approach her because like she too busy having hot girl summer right now. Like, you know, so. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how I'm supposed to, you know, navigate this, right? Exactly. So, and most <laughs> men that have their stuff together, like when they know what they want, like who's gonna be told that I'm over here doing X, Y, and Z, but I'm gonna get back to you? Like, mm, okay, do you, boo? All right, yeah. <laughs> they're not gonna argue. They're just gonna let you have what it is that you want, right? Exactly. And then it's your kingdom spouse because. Yeah. You were doing all the other stuff that you was doing, entertaining dudes that you know you had no business really entertaining because it was not going to lead anywhere. Yeah. But in the back of the head, it's like that duality where that's duplicitous because you say you want one thing, but you're doing a whole different thing that's not productive, yeah. you know, 
to get what the end result and state should be, then that's yeah. the same thing for men. Like a lot of times they like, oh, I want this good, wholesome woman that brings me peace, but they over here double tapping all the girls that's twerking. Like, mm -hmm. so which is it? You know what a lot you know what I think a lot you know what really want something that's stable. You know what tell a lot of men is too, and I think it comes back down to they want that girl that quote unquote that freak chick. Like they want that girl that's afraid. Let's be real. Like men, when men when we go, when men go on dates, we're not going on dates to find to be your BFF. That's not what the hell we go on dates for. We go on dates because at the end of the day, we want to have sex. That's the end goal for a lot of us. Okay, we're well, if you want to be upfront, right? And I would yeah. say there's a slim percentage, right? Because you can't speak for all men. Yeah, speak for everybody. Speak yeah. for the majority because we know what the rule is, right? Of course, there's always going to be. A little bit on the side of this spectrum and a little bit on this side of the spectrum. But this portion, yeah, you're right. A lot of them coming for the sex. Right? They're trying to get uh, the quickest, you know, way to sex. Yeah. And, and, let, me, and let me preface by saying it like this. I'm not saying, like, I'm not, first of all, I'm saying for the, for the right man, for the right, for the right man, a woman will break every quote unquote rule she has. If she just likes you, I don't care what she might tell herself. She if she's vibing with you, whatever rule she had coming into it, that ain't gonna matter. You know what I mean? Because absolutely. And then yeah. what I challenge them to to understand is that okay, you can do that, right? But also that becomes the issue in of itself. Like you said, you want this, but now you're doing all of this because you like him, right? Yeah. Now you effectively have become the chaser. Right, because mm -hmm. him the prize, right? When <laughs> you should be the prize and he should be the blessing, the covering on you. Yeah, so yeah, they yeah. both have right equal amount of importance and significance. Because I, I promise you, baby, you find the right man that's providing, protecting, and doing all of this other stuff. That feminine bring peace. Proverbs thirty one woman gonna be in the bag, baby. She in there. Yeah. But it also takes the right people to, to bring it out. My case in point, I'm in the military. Active duty, right? Dating me is <laughs> not for the week, okay? <laughs> because today I'm in Virginia, but right, I just went to the field for two weeks in May, yeah. right? Imagine I'm your woman and you on a certain rhythm or whatever, and now I'm gone for two weeks. Yeah, you know, and that can happen at any given point when the military says that's what's about to happen, yeah. right? I gotta be like, oh, that's nice, honey. Mm -hmm. I see you when I see you, right? Yeah. So a lot of men not gonna sign up for that. Like I have to be realistic, just like you gotta be realistic and understand that if they move me right now, right, PCS to somewhere else, which is a permanent change of duty station, right? Yeah, and here in Virginia. If they move me somewhere else, let's say Texas, let's say uh, Louisiana, Kentucky, North Carolina, the state of Washington, or whatever, you know, most men that already have their life established yeah, at our be, age it, 35, it, they're yeah. not trying to pack up and go across the country wherever the heck the military is sending me, yeah. right? Most of the time, it's okay for men. So when we flip it, yeah. Men that's in the military, they get their wives and their wives go 
everywhere with them. They backpacking right. together, baby. Yeah, you in, yeah. you know? yeah, yeah. But I gotta be realistic and understand that my my chances while I'm in the the military of actually finding a dude that's going to allow me to be in my divine feminine. Probably not, you know. Probably <laughs> not that high, so it's okay. Like, you know, but I gotta be good within myself to know, like, that doesn't make me any less worthy, right? Uh, of the food that I say that I'm deserving of, and if anything, it just reinforces that. That okay, cool, good. Like, you know, and I've had relationships while I've been in. I also was married when I first got in, and then got divorced. So, being a divorcee. Yeah. On talk, top of that, like I mean, talk, I mean, I mean, and talk, talk about that for a second. You know what I mean? Because yeah, because I mean, when you divorce, you you have a you know you have a kid. You know all these things, you know, affect the way future men see you. you well, know? it's not the future men because for me, oh baby, you start saying you got like thirteen baby mamas. Oh, yeah. And, and, and 15 kids. Oh, no, yeah, that's right. Oh, you ain't got to worry about me, sweetheart. Right, 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 right. right that right. just sounds like too much energy and too much. Oh, yeah. I mean, like trying to understand and figure out things that I shouldn't even be trying to deal with. Like, and yeah. I'm not saying that I can't be stepmom to somebody else's kid, maybe in the future. I don't know because I don't know what God has planned for me, right? <laughs> but. It's but, like proportional. But, but you, like, but, you but you, but you, but you also know, but you also know yourself. Like, like you said earlier, right. you also know yourself. You might just say, hey, "I just can't really, I can't really do that." Like you just be like, right. hey, you might just be like, "Look, I'm just being real with you. Like I can't really do that." You know what I mean? Because that's a lot. Because having to discipline another person's child on both sides, probably. I'm not a parent, so I can't speak for that. But it, you know, that, that can't be easy. You know what I'm saying? It takes a very type of special person to to want to step in and play a role for the children who are innocent. Uh, right. You know, they didn't ask for the parents to break up and get divorced or whatever it is. So it's, it's always tough. You know, it's never easy. You know, Right. And, and those are just things that you got to consider. Right. Like I got to think about like the dating pool for me. More than likely, it's going to be men that are 35 plus that have had kids already. Because really, let's think about like what's the likelihood that somebody has not been married at this point in stage. In yeah, that's, that, that's, usually, that's what I run yeah. At this point in stage in life, right? And then my thing is, I'm realistic with me. I have a whole 16-year-old, right? Mm. Greatest thing I ever did in my life. That's the only you know, accomplishment that I can say came from that relationship mm -hmm. that I will never regret, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so at the end of the day, it's like, how could I be, you know, a whole hypocrite and say that, oh, he can't have no kids, right? Like, I want a man that doesn't have any kids. Right, right, right. 16-year-old, right? right? So it's just being able to look at the same things within yourself and say, okay, could I accept that from somebody else? Because if you can't, you really need to sit down and go see some people. You mm -hmm. know, you gotta go talk to some therapists. You you need to go <laughs> do some soul searching, ask some more questions and really sit in front of the mirror and highlight things that you like and dislike about yourself. And that's not an easy process. Most people don't want to sit with themselves. Like you can hear my house is quiet. My son lives with his dad. Mm -hmm. I have his dog here with me, but outside of that, it's just me. Mm -hmm. 
So, you know, and most people, they don't want to sit at home with themselves, right? Mm-hmm. They need that entertainment. They need that distraction. They need all of this other stuff. Whereas me, I'm home and I'm writing stuff down. Like, mm-hmm. when we're done with this, I'm going to write down key takeaways, things that I can do to improve. What could I have, you know, mm-hmm. focused on how to answer questions a little bit more succinctly, quickly, whatever. Like, that's mm-hmm. what I'm going to be doing, right? Whereas other people on a Friday night, they're going to the bar. they go going to everything else. They go. They can't be alone. You know, they don't want to deal with themselves. They don't want to look themselves in the mirror and address the things that they know they should be. Yeah. You know, because again, at the end of the day, when I'm done and this is over with for me, I don't want to have no regrets. I don't want to feel like I didn't do everything that I could possibly do to advance myself. Whether I get there or not, it's the journey. Thanks. Thanks. For sure. For sure. Man, this has been this has been awesome. Really enjoyed this conversation. Um so where can people find you at? You know, when they want to connect to you. Uh, it's me, myself, and I. It's, like, it's gonna be Miss Regina Burris at Instagram. So Instagram is at Miss Regina, last name Burris, B-U-R-R-I-S. On Facebook, I am one of a couple Regina Burris's, but you're gonna see. It's not even a picture of me no more. It's me uh, manifesting romance. So you're going to see a nice little picture of like some roses and some, you know, <laughs> gift bags and stuff. Look, you know, I'm, sure, I'm sure you've been going on. I'm sure you've been going on some dates. You're a very attractive, beautiful black woman. Now, listen, I'm we can sure. delve into dates, right? But how many people want to date you for the ideal? And how many people actually want to go there with the actual person? And then not only that, if I've been working on myself, you know I can spot the bullshit a mile away. Yeah. Like, I know you're attracted to me. I know what you're looking at. You're trying to get my goodies. But I need Sierra. And so you can't even close to the cookie jar. So (laughs) Okay. Right. So like dating is not the issue. <laughs> when yeah. you want something of substance, you gotta understand, like you kind of make yourself as a woman, definitely you don't appeal to the same amount of men anymore because you're not low-hanging fruit, right? Right, right, right. Uh, so and with men, it, it the easier it is, yeah, the more people you're gonna have wanting it. And I need women to understand that just because a man wants you don't mean he wants to be with you. Right. And most of the time, what they want is that thing in between your leg, but not the thing in between, you know, your shoulders. So mm, that's real. So, that's you know, true. And you just got to understand that part of it comes with patience and waiting. Right. And so everybody wants it right now. Right. Oh, I'm 36. That means I'm trying to be married by the time I'm 40, but I'm not on my timeline no more. I'm on God's. Mm-hmm. So. And once you hand it over to him, then it's like it becomes a lot easier. You could sit at home quietly because you have peace. And I can't let nobody come in and disturb my peace. I yeah. fought so hard for this version of myself. I do the work consistently, right? I take the critical feedback, even when it's not pretty and it could have been said a little bit nicer, whatever. I take it all and I'm taking it all and I'm computing and I'm deciding like, you know, oh yeah, that's something I can definitely, you know, work on. 
But yeah, you can find me on Facebook by my first and last name. Everything pretty much for me is going to have me on it. Like, you know, when you work this hard, you need to let them know. That's me, baby. That's me. Even if I probably get proposed to in the next couple of weeks or whatever, next months or years, like I, I would be hard pressed to want to change my name. You know, because I have spent most of my life building a name for myself and building this version of me. So to let it go just because somebody, you know, wants to marry me, whew, you know, you're going to have to be one hell of a person. You're going to have to be one hell of a guy because, baby, I can't imagine being anything but Miss Regina Burns. Like, I, you know. I, I hear you. I hear you. That's what it is, man. Guys, well, look. This has been a great episode. Another episode. We don't. We don't got deep. We went way longer than I wanted to, but that's just when you when you having a great conversation with somebody that you respect their opinion and what they have to say. Sometimes you just gotta let it flow. So that's what we did. Uh, this has been a, <laughs> this has been your host, Darrell Peer. Until next time, I'm out of here. Peace. Y'all better follow him. <laughs> Peace. Bye. Bye.